0: Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we will be continuing our commentaries on the first four episodes of season three of Shining Time Station, which first aired on uh, March 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 1993, 28 years ago. And uh, today when we are uh, releasing this episode, and when many of you will most likely be listening to this episode, it is March 25th. Uh, So that means that today's episode is Stacy Cleans Up fourth episode of season three of shining time station. And um, we'll just go ahead and uh, jump right in this episode. Like the previous three was available on VHS. Um, So if you have that, you can certainly watch that now or uh, find it uh, uh, other places where it may be available and you can go ahead and press play now.
1: I didn't own this episode on VHS, but I remember renting it from the library, uh, my local library a few times. And, uh, although I don't have as fond memories of it as I do the previous two episodes, it's from what I recall, at least it's a decent episode. So, uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. It's, um, And of course, this is the first episode that features Stacy in the title, on uh, continuing the trend here for most of, uh, and, uh, most of the titling for Season 3 episodes would feature um, either a possessive or just a, the person's name in the episode. Yes.
1: I like how the kids knock on the door occasionally. Like, it's a real door.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I was just thinking the same thing. I think it's it's cute.
1: Yeah. Which, if I'm correct... Carries over to uh, Magic Railroad as well. I'm pretty sure that Lily does that in one scene. The little trash rides are cute.
0: <laughs> Weird uh, timing there. Yes. Yeah, a little. Just a bit. <laughs>
1: So this is another episode that doesn't have Billy in it. We uh, this will be our second episode in a row that does not feature Billy. This uh, Kara. It does. Finally, (laughs) yeah, four episodes in. I like humorous Thai. I don't know why, but there's some I, I kinda like it. <laughs>
0: the fact that it says uh healthy, natural, artificial flavors is very <laughs> funny. Yes.
1: Oh, the endless wrapping paper gag. <laughs> I swear this was a staple of kids shows in the 90s that at least one episode had some kind of jag where there was this huge object and then you took it Like like either a huge bots or just a huge object and then you kept unwrapping it until it was like this tiny little thing. So good use of a nineties trope there.
0: It's a funny way um, to introduce all of that trash. I mean, just kind of a clever story device instead of just general trash, but having the the Lollapalooza thing.
1: Right. And here we get Ted Typo, who uh, there was not a major character, but a recurring character in season two named Jake Scoop. And I guess Ted Typo is... His replacement. I don't know if they couldn't get the actor for Jade Stoop back, but uh, Ted Typo, I guess, is a similar enough actor. There's not there's really not much difference between the two. It's Ted Typo is essentially Jade Stoop by another name. What's funny is uh, we had a close-up of the Indian Valley Gazette paper there for a second, and Shows an advertisement for Humphrey Funeral Home, which is in Toronto, uh, and it also mentions um, it. It mentions the Metro Toronto Market Value Assessment Plan, uh, and uh, from circa nineteen. So they
0: used a Toronto newspaper and then put Indian Valley Gazette on top of it.
1: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah I just find those sort of details funny you know when um, I don't know who it was that pointed that out but uh, you know interesting little
0: details it's an interesting concept that the jukebox puppet band would know what's going on at the dump in the real world it is isn't it
1: they they seem to have a lot of knowledge of the outside world at least in this season
0: hmm And at least we know now that there's uh four tracks at Shining Time Station at least. Yes. He took a uh, page from the Brian O'Connor playbook for this. Yes, he did. He literally is basically doing schemer as a press agent. He is though. Um, the actor in
1: question, his name is David Hewlett, um, and I'm not sure what all he's done uh, either before or after *Shining Time Station*. But yes, he he very he he must have gone to the Brian O'Connor School of Acting. Which makes my earlier statement rather inaccurate because uh, I said that he was essentially Jade Scoop by another name. Jade Scoop was a lot more serious,
0: much more subdued. Yes.
1: Now this character I I like his name I like his name Rusty
0: McRail. Yeah, it's funny he has a tam as is a part of his cap there. Yes. Like a and it's uh plaid as well. Hmm. Yeah, you know, maybe these kids just want to hang out at the station. They don't want it to do work.
1: Yeah, well, I, and see, the thing is, we did a few examples of this because, you know, in in season two, uh, the episode "Double Trouble," which we'll do another commentary on at a later time, I hope at least. Uh, there, that's another episode about cleaning up your messes and such as that, and so it's it's very obvious. That the kids just want to hang out at the station and, you know, basically just people watch or just, you know, hang out with each other, I guess. Hear stories from Mr. Conductor, listen to the jukebox, watch the stuff in the picture machine and all of the other associated um, things that will show them videos.
0: There's it's the... nice in this episode that there's something actually railroad-related, considering that um, really very little of, um, you know, Schemers Alone, Becky Makes a Wish, Bully from Mr. Conductor, and none of those were really railroad-related in terms of the plot whatsoever. So this is this is nice.
1: It is. And it, it's, it's something that happens a lot in Shining Time Station, where you can almost forget that this show... If it weren't in the title and the fact that one of the characters is Mr. Conductor, you could almost forget that that's about a railway station.
0: There just aren't that many stories that they could really do about trains without actually going out on to the train. You know, there are only so many stories that you can do stuck in the station and talking about, oh, hey, there's something on there out out there on the track. And, you know, at some point it feels artificial and it's really hard to get over that, I think.
1: Yes. I, I agree. You know it, it. It, and I'm glad that rather than doing a fourth season, that they used their budget for four special extended episodes, where they could actually go outside, and in at least in at least two of the episodes, actually, well, okay, three in at least three of the episodes, actually interact with a railway to some degree. Yes. This episode is very colorful as well. Like, everyone has, with with the exception of Kara, who's wearing multiple colors, almost everyone is wearing a base color. Dan is wearing green. Stacy is, as always, wearing red. Steamer is blue. And Becky is pink. But, I don't know, it just seems like a very colorful episode.
0: You do feel bad for him a little bit.
1: Yeah, you do.
0: It is a funny thing that that schemer wants to make money and likes to wants to be rich, but he's always obsessed with nickels instead of a higher denomination of coin.
1: That is amusing because a nickel is like, well, it's the second lowest form of American money. And so uh, it's interesting that for for wanting to be rich, his obsession is nickels, not, you know, dollars or even quarters would be. You know, get him richer quicker.
0: Yeah, and I I think it gives that the character some nuance, some a, a hook that's a bit more interesting than just oh he loves money. You know, I think the fact that he loves nickels because of the relationship to the jukebox it gives it something kind of charming and old fashioned in a, in a way, almost of a right. different era when something costing ten cents was you know the equivalent of something costing couple bucks today or something you know what i mean it, it, i think it, yeah it gives it an interesting angle that you wouldn't get from just a standard character that loved money
1: no i i do agree and you know the fact that all of the machines in the arcade do run on nickels i mean obviously we really only ever see the jukebox being used in heavy rotation i i think we might see a few of the other machines they used every now and then but it's mostly the jukebox the fact that everything does run on nittles, you know it's an old railway station, so it makes sense that they would have you know older equipment so we're in our one Thomas episode of the show, and the episode is buzz buzz yeah it's a and
0: a um Again, you can hear our commentary on this episode and um, and one of our previous episodes of uh, of our podcast. It's uh, it's a good episode. Um, I, I like it quite a bit. It again, it feels a little bit false to put it in this episode of Shining Time. Um, yeah. Oh, did you say flies? Oh, another insect. Wow, bees. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a little. It's a little. It's uh, just. Awkward but it's, it's a little bit of a stretch.
1: I still say I, I still don't think anything we've seen so far compares to the stretch of putting Thomas Percy in the mail train in in um the uh he loves me, he loves me not.
0: Yeah. I mean, this does at least have some sort of insect relation. I mean, really, honestly, probably a better episode for season three might have been Tender Engines, at least in in terms of the end. Um, But uh, lost a little bit. um, Right. In terms of uh, the the rest of the episode is not really related at all. But but the end, uh, being full of sludge, is uh, quite... uh, would be and in a way
1: and in a way you know they're you they're reusing the tenders i mean sure they're not re i mean yes they're reusing the tenders as a prank but they're still reusing them which is a form of you know i mean the three r's reduce reuse recycle so yeah i'm i'm really stretching for it
0: here (laughs)
1: But I do like this story. It's it's a fun story. It's one uh, after getting the James Goes Buzz Buzz uh, wooden railway playset. It's one that I uh, played with quite frequently.
0: Yeah, that has a lot of nice little. I don't know if we mentioned this in the in our commentary previously, but I all the little ditties that Michael Donald and Junior. Campbell did that are specifically in this episode are quite nice. It, uh, almost be like in their in their sound. It's, it's quite.
1: I was going to say this episode does have quite a few. Uh, ditties that don't show up anywhere else. Uh, it's, it's a very unique episode in that sense. So. I still really like uh, George Carlin's voice for the vicar. Yes, yeah, I I agree. Then again, George Carlin, in general, I I think is the better of the um, better of the narrators, and also the better of the Mister Conductors. Nothing against Ringo Starr at all. I Ringo did a fine job, but it's it's
0: just a very different character with George Carlin playing it. Agreed, and a much better character, I think. They gave him more to do, too, as as part of it, but, of course, put him in more fun situations, and um, he got more of a, obviously, a lot more time to develop his character, too, in terms of um, two seasons of Shining Time, four one-hour specials, and uh, episodes of Mr. Conductor's Thomas Tales. I mean, I was
1: going to say, yeah, 40-something episodes, four one-hour specials, and a six-episode miniseries, as opposed to Ringo having 20 episodes and a Christmas special. So,
0: and so this is the first appearance of the Anything Tunnel in season three. And this is the song, If Everyone Did a Little, which is probably my second favorite song of the, um, of these songs in these first four episodes of season three that we are doing commentaries on this week um, after help your wish along from Becky makes a wish.
1: It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, as I said, I think in the previous one, the anything tunnel and the, all of the other ones never really did much for me, but saying that uh, it must've taken someone or a group of someone's probably more likely a lot of, effort to put these together and so fair play to whoever was uh in charge of putting not only the music but all of the what i can only assume were several hours of uh, stock footage uh old public domain footage rather putting it together with music they, they did a really good job for most of these segments i think
0: yeah, and this song, I mean, fits super well for obviously for for this. It's it's a it's a great song. It's catchy and entertaining.
1: It is. I like this bit here where the goldfish is getting feather dusted.
0: Yes. What's interesting, actually, it sounds like um, it sounds like a singing Albert Brooks. If uh, those those up there who are familiar with Albert Brooks, he's uh, uh, probably more well known today for being the voice of Marlin in, in the Finding Nemo films. But um, famous actor, comedian, but his their voices are very similar. Oh yeah.
1: The cow that was in there, I know it's not and I'm I'm sure it looks totally different, but it reminds me a little bit of um Ferdinand the Bull. A little tiny bit. I know they're probably totally different characters, obviously, but you know. It's just one of those things.
0: Yeah. And of course here we are back in the station and Mr. Typo is being a nuisance. <laughs> As always.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a Brian O'Connor moment, if any. With with his reaction to the scent of the garbage dump.
0: And the character's doing the funny uh you Stacey doing this funny voice. Yes. Pretend yeah, you know, pretending like it's really restricting her speaking voice that much is amusing.
1: Yes. it is an interesting idea that Becky has a railway recycling center, sort of like a recycling train.
0: Yeah. And again, like I said, like we said before, it's, it's great that this actually uses uh, the railroad mm. as a theme and a, a plot device, considering that the, that the show is called shining time station. Uh, sometimes I think they forgot about that other than just slapping a Thomas episode in there. But um it's it's nice said definitely uh, season one probably had the most railroad related episodes. Right. They kind of, I think ran through all of the possible ideas that they could use for a children's sitcom about railroads in that first season. So, um, <laughs> right. I mean, and as based on the railroad were few and far between after that.
1: Right. Well, and and as we were saying earlier, it also probably had a lot to do with budget because until. The one hour specials they really didn't have much of a budget and i assume that whatever agreement they reached with the south Simcoe railway really helped in you know in 94 when they were when i only assumed they were filming the one hour specials the that, that agreement really helped out quite a bit as well ah
0: see, there was gas scary mask. too though with the gas mask
1: i'm getting doctor who flashbacks
0: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> so this song if i'm correct is called 500 miles mm. I like how I like how everyone's back in their normal costumes as well when they're performing this song. Where whereas in other episodes they gain costumes while performing in this episode they seem to lose costumes while performing.
0: Huh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. This works out well too because just it gives a natural way to have a montage. Well, since, they're, since they can cut back and forth between the actual footage and the jukebox performance,
1: I forget if it was two or three episodes ago. Um, but you know, it's it's like we were talking about the jukebots. I think was used quite well, honestly, in for montages, uh, so, somewhat sparingly. There were times when we got to see the, when we got to physically see the jukebots perform the entire number. Uh, but for the episode that it wasn't necessary, uh, I think it was. I think it it's used very effectively as mo- as, a, as a montage.
0: Yeah, I like the song. It's funky. It is. Um, yeah, Saludo Linda was used as the montage music for Becky makes a wish, and it, it works out pretty well.
1: Right. Now, the, I, I think I've brought this up in a different episode, but I'm going to bring it up again just because I find it amusing. They got a lot of footage from, or sorry, they got a lot of mileage out of a scene from season one, uh, the episode, specifically the episode Promises, Promises. There's a scene where Stacey and Harry are having a conversation. They got a lot of mileage out of the audio from that episode because almost any time, in seasons two and three, when someone's having a conversation over the phone, the other person is uh, the the vo- the sped up voice that we hear over the phone is that conversation from Promises, Promises. Whereas in season one, it was um, a sped up reading uh, from uh, from T. S. Eliot.
0: Mm, yeah, which I'm sure was just a. Uh... Stock thing that was around.
1: Right. I like that even Mr. Knud dropped off a few recyclables.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so um okay episode. Yeah. Um I would say now that we finished um these first four of season 3 if I if I ranked them I would say it would go um uh Becky makes a wish for sure way up there um for for me and then probably followed by uh probably followed by schemers alone and then followed by this um and then in in uh last place would certainly be a bully for Mr. Conductor. I would
1: probably swap Steamers Alone and begging Mate's Wish, uh, mostly because I'm just more familiar with Steamers Alone, although uh, I don't know, begging Mate's Wish might actually be a better episode as a whole uh, though, so actually, I'll probably go with that, the same ranking as you, honestly, so um, but yeah, you know uh, Steve's cleans up, it was a decent episode uh, you know
0: Honestly the best part for me is the um is the anything tunnel sequence. Um the the rest of the, I just I love that song. Yeah, so It's a good uh, song. Mix makes it. Makes it really work. It's a good song. Yeah, so um, that was our commentary on Stacy cleans up and our, uh, the final one of our commentaries on the first four episodes of season three of Shining Time Station. And once again, the reason why we did those this week was because they first aired um, on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th of March, 1993, 28 years ago. So, but you can, find us on facebook.com slash talking thomas pod twitter at talking thomas one um we have many more episodes uh coming up for you we'll be doing our best and worst of season three of thomas uh coming up here soon in the near future some other um uh, railway series discussions uh, some other uh general thomas discussions coming your way so uh, uh you know be on the lookout for those and uh You can, of course, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms. And, of course, our home is Anchor. And we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.